Voice of Procurement podcast, supported by the National Forum for the Advancement of Teaching and Learning in Higher Education. Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of the Voice of Procurement podcast. I'm your host, David McEvitt. In this episode, I speak with CEO of Kielvar Technologies, Alan Holland. Kielvar is the world leader in sourcing automation and has successfully applied artificial intelligence to sourcing optimization. I'm Alan Holland. I'm founder and CEO of Kielvar. We're a tech startup that emerged from University College Cork, uh, where I used to lecture in artificial intelligence. So I was a uh, member of staff in the CS department, and uh, my speciality in UCC was researching the intersection between economics and computer science. Could you explain uh, the role of, of artificial intelligence, AI, in uh, sourcing in particular? I'll, to explain the role in of AI in sourcing, you need to take a step back and explain the role of optimization in sourcing. Um, because there's, there's, layer, there's, I would say, there's different layers of technology needed to automate best practice. Because ultimately what companies want to do is automate best practice. And uh, within sourcing, best practice uses optimization and not many sourcing teams in the world use optimization or know what it's about or why they should use it never mind what systems they should have and how to get the most out of it so optimization in sourcing is the precursor and Kielvar the first thing we did when we left university was to build a, a sourcing optimizer which is a, a a SaaS solution, so software as a service solution, that would allow um, sourcing teams to create sourcing events where suppliers are invited to say more and offer more expressive bid information in competitive processes. So more expressive information could describe economies of scale or diseconomies of scale or capacity constraints uh, from suppliers. And internally within an organization, a buying organization, you might want to capture expressive constraints and preferences about the award you want to make. So you, I'll give you, a, that sounds quite abstract, but in a, a concrete example would be if you're let's say buying transportation and there's a thousand different origin destination pairs some suppliers would like to win more lanes uh, an origin destination pair is as an example of a lane so if you're winning a lot of business into rotterdam port and your whole business has lots of ships delivering goods into rotterdam you may have an imbalance where you'd like to win lanes coming out of Rotterdam port so that if your ships or your planes or your trucks are full going in, that they'll be full coming back out so that you'll have improved utilization. So if you're bidding into a uh, sourcing event, what you'd like to do is bundle up all the lanes that are coming out of Rotterdam and say, if we win half of these, we'll give you a, a discount. If we win three quarters, we'll give you a bigger discount. Now, the problem with that, and the reason why most companies don't do that, is that you're inviting a very complex winner determination problem. So you need an optimization engine to 
search through all the combinations that could be awarded to suppliers. And a, that optimization, that's strictly speaking, that's not, that doesn't necessarily need AI because that's mathematical programming. It's a mixed integer program to uh, find the optimal combination. Um, but there's AI around, uh, there's complementary aspects of intelligent systems that aid the process. So, for example, when you're building your bid event, so if somebody goes to Kielbar Sourcing Optimizer and, and you upload an, an Excel spreadsheet of all of your origin destination pairs, and this might be the first column, you've got the, the lane number, the second column, an origin city, second, third column is a destination city, fourth is an equipment type, and then the fifth might be you know, price you know, pickup price and the fifth might be transportation price and, and that's kind of how bid sheets are structured so if you upload a bid sheet like that our system will look at the column headers and it will use natural language processing to infer what are you trying to do here and it will recognize some of the column headers and because it's processed our system has processed many uh, sourcing projects it will be able to infer that okay this is an origin this, this text here is origin, and we know that in 99 out of 100 cases that this should be a text field defined by the buyer, and it should be a location, and uh, it should be bitter visible. And so it chooses all these settings that you would Normally, if you were using a sourcing system that didn't have AI, you'd have to go through every column header and, and manually select five or six settings to tell the system what this column is about. So in categories like Ocean Phrase, you could have 50 column headers, and that could be 300 different settings. So our, the AI in our system will automatically make all those choices for you. And it will learn over time and we get better and better. And as different languages are, uh, are being used in our system, we'll, we'll even learn about those languages and learn uh, what the settings should be. So, and it can even do things like um, stemming and lemmatizing. Uh, so if you said origins instead of origin, it knows it's equivalent and, and so on. And so in that sense, Alan, is, is the software similar to uh, a SaaS software whereby there's a product roadmap and let's say you capture 50% of a certain market um, by getting an additional 10 customers, you may have actually 90% of the market requirements. But the only difference with this is the system actually learns as it's going through. Every time it picks up a new customer, it's it's, it's effectively learning itself. Is that is that correct or...? Yeah, so let's say we never dealt with mining companies and mm. the first mining company come along and, and they're buying different types of things that maybe none of our other customers are buying. But they, they in that case, uh, they may have been asked to manually um, describe the settings for column headers that we the system didn't recognize. Mm. So when another mining company comes along next year, it will be recommending choices uh, for settings, and uh, you know that's um, that's I suppose 
that's the natural learning process that, uh, and that's, that's one feature, right? There is, there is more machine learning that we'll be introducing about, let's say, we have sourcing bots now to autopilot the execution of sourcing events. So instead of human users creating new sourcing projects and opening rounds of bidding and determining what feedback to give suppliers and generating report scenarios and reports and so on, we have sourcing bots doing that and running entire sourcing processes as proxy users and uh, we can start to learn what strategies work well so should we should the bot be running a faster process should it use a dutch auction instead of a three round multi-round three three round rfq should we use traffic light feedback instead of um, you know so there's lots of different parameters in mechanisms and bots can apply algorithmic mechanism design which is a branch of ai to learn best practice and actually learn what works best in different markets too. So you could start to learn that a strategy that works for IT buying IT contractors in India, it doesn't work in the US. Um, so AI is, is rapidly transforming uh, how sourcing is done. So the, the transport example is an interesting one. So someone who's regularly using or shipping from, from Cork to Asia Pacific, uh, the EMEA regions, they, they have this massive list of requirements on an Excel sheet and the, the, the manual bid would involve sending this list of requirements out to multiple uh, forwarders and the aim is to come back with a series of quotes per lane. So in your system, it's that the process itself is quicker. Is it that that's the first benefit of using the automated sourcing? Process it's all about labor saving. So any in any processes that are prescriptive or um, where best practice is known mm-hmm. and the tasks that you're given to a human to run a business process are well understood, then it, it can be automated. So uh, even if it's a very complex task, so the task might be to conduct some level of inference about target prices to ask for. And a, you can embed even that level of intelligence and sophistication in sourcing bots so that they could do that every single time and be, be your expert buyer. Okay, and how does it work from the other perspective, from the from the supplier's perspective? What are they seeing, or how, what's their interaction with the system like? They they don't necessarily know that it's a sourcing bot. You know that they get invited to compete in these RFQs all the time, and they're corporate RFQs that there may not be an individual's name attached to it. So they don't even know necessarily that it's um, uh, it's a bot. It's just a standard. It's just just a standard RFQ um, that they that they don't necessarily even realise it's it's automated. Okay, okay, and obviously sourcing is 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 a very important part of procurement, and that's what what your system is is targeting. Um, where does this? Where does the the AI work best? What I mean, you mentioned transport. Is it kind of the 
the high volume complex categories that, that this is more applicable to than other categories? Yeah, it's categories where you can be quantitative about qualitative aspects. So whenever you can um, measure things, like in transportation, you don't necessarily want lowest costs. Uh, sometimes you want the fastest delivery or you want to meet volume commitments to incumbent suppliers or you uh, want to um, ship very valuable goods with carry the most trusted suppliers with the best security arrangements um so uh, it if you can if you can measure those qualitative aspects then you can all you can things aren't subjective so the best categories to automate are those where objectivity is easiest okay and in terms of the the companies that are currently using um, AI, is there a specific type of company that's embracing the software uh, versus another type of customer who isn't going near it at this point? Uh, well, we have multinationals in industries such as retail, uh, automotive manufacturers, pharma, food companies, uh, cons electronic consumer goods. Um, so the companies that deal in the movement of physical products, um, whether you're a store selling groceries or a manufacturer selling industrial products or a car manufacturer, whoever you are, and there's physical products to be moved around the world or to be manufactured, they're the industries we are most focused on. Okay. And you're currently, in terms of if, if someone wanted to learn a bit more about how AI or the, the Keevlar system could help them, what's the best way of them experimenting with it or, or kind of touching it or learning more about it? Is, there, is, it, is it simple enough to, to get a download of it or how does it work? Um, we, we tend to be focused on companies kind of where revenues over, I'd say, three billion. Um, that you know, it's it's mainly Fortune 1000 companies we deal with, but uh, once companies are over three billion, they tend to have a professionalized procurement team, um, and it's not dispersed uh, across the organization because uh, small to mid-sized companies very often uh, have procurement distributed, and it's and we deal with we typically deal with companies. Who have who are more mature when it comes to procurement and looking for best practice and looking to automate best practice, and they see effective procurement as a strong competitive advantage. Those are the companies we we prioritize. So a centralized procurement is is what you're looking at, really. Yeah, it? yeah, and it's the center of excellence within within their procurement team. Usually, the companies we work with have a center of excellence. Uh, because they've already recognized that it's it's a strategic priority for them to get it, get it right and then we have um, we have uh, we have an internal champion then who was willing to get their head around the value that can be provided um, and if they don't have that in place then we're not really interested in dealing with them because um, there's a few education steps missing there before they'll really understand the value of what we we can do 
Okay. And just, I just read um, a press release and it mentioned the public sector. I know you guys pivoted from the public sector into the, the private sector. Is there any role for this um, architecture in the public sector procurement space in, in, in any country yet, or is it just not um, suitable? They're just, too, it's just a business has to focus on markets that can move quickly. And what we do is it could be a perfect solution for our public sector, but they have an inability to really seek out best of breed solutions and um, conduct the type of subjective analysis and innovation discovery that big corporations have already recognized is, is, is critical. So it's big multinationals tend to look for best-in-class solutions. And I've already recognized that it's not the big software companies that are innovating, it's the smaller software companies uh, that are innovating and delivering most value most quickly. So um, for that reason, we pivoted away from serving public sector very early in our in our trajectory. And I'd say a year after leaving UCC, I realized that that sector just is too slow in its decision-making. So we went straight for enterprises, and we never looked back. And where where would be the best application, hypothetically, to a, to any public sector procurement anywhere in the world? What what would be the the, the best? Health services. health services, all health services internationally, uh, who would quickly recognise that they're throwing away hundreds of millions, if not billions, by not using sourcing optimization. And uh, individuals can see it, but trying to get a committee to understand it—that's um, that's a whole different different ballgame. It's, it's uh, sourcing is our our, our focus. Um, uh, we 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 can we can see ourselves broadening in time, but we're we're staying focused on sourcing and and being a clear leader in space. Uh, we're we're going to be launching a competition. There's a contest. Um, a human and machine contest where we're going to uh, showcase uh, how uh, sourcing bots can compete against human experts in tactical buying of, we're using transportation as an example in this. So we see it as a kind of procurement sequel to Kasparov versus Deep Blue, and that will be in November. Okay, is it a webinar or...? It will be streamed live. It's going to be a, a contest where we have a production company in a studio in Dublin. Uh, we'll be having judges involved, uh, judges from some of the world's largest companies, um, judging the uh, the offers that um, sourcing bot and human experts will put to them for um, container movements. Uh, they've been trying to each trying to negotiate best deals, and uh, each of these, each of the companies, and these will all be blue chip Fortune 500 companies. Will be the judges. That will be in November. So, everyone, um, you'll see it. I will be put uh, something up on LinkedIn very shortly about it.